Welcome to the Standing Out in Ohio podcast, where we discuss topics, upcoming events, news, and predictions with real estate professionals and entrepreneurs. Listen and learn what makes their companies and themselves stand out and gain advantages over the competition and gain market share. Subscribe for the latest news and discussion on what it takes to stand out from the crowd. Now, here's your host, Jim. Hey everybody, this is Jim Troth. Welcome to the Standing Out Ohio podcast. With me, of course, is the lovely Laura Troth, also known as the Office Goddess. Hello, everyone. This week, we got an email from the state regarding the home inspector licensing standards and some requirements they have about this stuff. And it's pretty interesting. This is going to be important stuff for real estate agents to know because the state does put some tasks on to the real estate agents to take care of. But first, let's listen to this. Habitation investigation is the way to go for a home inspection in Ohio. Trusted licensed home inspectors for your needs from radon to mold to warranties. For a great home inspection, you really can't go wrong. Visit home all right, licensing. We finally got something after a year and a half, two years of waiting, waiting for information about this. The first thing, really no big deal. They're telling us that if we, when we do a home inspection report, the the home inspector's name needs to be on there, his license number, and the expiration date. Yep, expiration of his uh, license. license, and that's. That's that's one of the things that's totally fine. Nothing unusual, weird already there. Already done, already, yeah, already set done. up. Something different was they want on the inspection agreement the inspector's license. That's well, I'm sorry, the inspector's signature, signature on the agreement. Not a big deal. That's that'll be done here within a day easily. Yeah, I'm getting make you know I made that some. So no big deal there. They have the standards as well, and. Nothing too unusual about the standards. There it's, are some things that you should know. It did solidify that home inspections are not anything regarding code, past, past present, present or, future. or future. Nothing code-based. We still have some agents and home buyers that think we are checking the house out for code. That no. is, no. Never have done that. Never will do that. Code is the minimum quality allowed by law. It's the lowest standard. So what, if you want a house built to code, you're you're going for the lowest quality house because that's minimum standards. Right. Which is why code changes so much because standards improve and become better for people because of safety and, you know, different things like GFCIs and AFCIs and those are now required because it's a better standard. Correct. It also clarified that the Home inspectors have nothing to do with animals or critters in the house. Right. We are not to look for animals period. Yeah, that's something that some people say, hey, you didn't tell me there was mice in the house or or earlier the summer. We did tell you there's mice in the house and then you're upset because we didn't say there's mice other places as well. I'm like, this is not this is not in the standard anyway. We're just being a courteous to you by telling you that they're there. So anyway, also, this is something that was debated years ago because there was somebody telling real estate agents that it is illegal for home inspectors to open up their electrical panels to take a look in the code, in the standards for home inspections, we are supposed to open up the panels to look at the interior of main panels and sub panels. 
So no more debate about that. It is in the state rules as to what home inspectors need to be looking at. So if you hear that we're not supposed to do that, that person telling you is wrong. And Definitely wrong. We can direct you to the specific part of the code for them to be able to look at that. Well, we had this debate like 2007, 2008. Even had a guy from the state come visit us when I was I was I was education, education coordinator, coordinator coordinator for Ohio chapter, and we had the state guy come in and, and talk to us because there's somebody saying that we're not supposed to do that, and he clarified it and, clarif- and he even put it in writing and gave it to everybody that was at the meeting. Correct that we are allowed to open up the panels. Laws not. Coding, uh, code, you know, quoting quoting code. code, as long as we leave code out of it, we're good. And in fact, wasn't he also the one that said if a home inspector doesn't open up the panel, nobody would know if there's any issues with that in the first place? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. The code, the guy from the state saw home inspectors being a fantastic service because otherwise there's all these issues and nobody that knows. Nobody would know about. I can't, it's hard to calculate how many home fires are prevented because home, home inspectors, inspectors find stuff. So and I think that's really about it about the uh, standards. Other than, well, this is something kind of different. For InterNACHI, we are required. required. We're supposed to test all the GFCI outlets and the AFCI as well. The Ohio standard says we are not required to test those, which is unusual. Right. So there there is some disparity there. So there's there's nothing saying you can't test them. You can't go to a higher standard, but the minimum standard from Ohio says you do not have to test those uh GFCI or the AFCI breakers, which are definitely safety items, which we will test because people expect that. Except and maybe it's the safety. AFCI if someone's living there, right? Yeah, the arc fault cigarette. What that does, that turns off the power if there's a spark in the line. And if it's an occupied house, when you trip those off, those are like, those are protecting rooms like sunrooms, family rooms, living rooms, bedrooms, where people are likely to have computers running, clock radios, all kinds of stuff like that. So I'm fine of not testing those right. if it's an occupied okay, house or if I know, if I think there's something running, we won't test it. But the GFCIs, we're going to test those all the time because those protect you from getting shocked. Right. So another addition. Yeah, this, that, is, this is the office goddess <laughs> part here. So there was two separate letters for this regarding scheduling inspection appointments. So the first one that came out said that the home inspector had to be the one to contact the seller to get approval for non-licensed assistance to be at the inspection and for a client to be there without the buyer's agent. Well, of course, as a home inspector, we don't get seller's information ever. So few hours after that letter came to us, we uh, got first in, email, yes. the first email, we got a revised one. And at this point, what it is saying is that the buyer's agent has to be the one to contact the listing agent for approval if they are not able to make it to the inspection. Wait, and that, is that because the state is requiring that the buyer's agent has to be there at the home inspection if the buyer's going to be there, correct? What it says, 
Let me read this one paragraph because it will be the easiest way to do it. If an unlicensed trainee will accompany you, let the buyer or the buyer's agent know to gain permission from the seller or the seller's agent. Should the buyer or the family member wish to be present during the inspection, the buyer's agent should be present during your inspection. If the agent is not able to be present, they must seek prior approval from the seller or the seller's agent for the buyer to be with us during the inspection. So we have already worked this out in in an email that's going to be going out to both the buyer's agent and the listing agent and a for sale by owner, if those are the ones that come about then. It all goes out with that information stating this may be happening. We may have a trainee there or an assistant there who's not licensed with our licensed inspector. Because we'll always have a licensed person at the house. All of our guys are licensed except for the new ones that are ready to be licensed, but we just don't know how because the state hasn't processed that yet. The state hasn't told us how to get new people licensed. So So the ones that will be doing the inspection, obviously licensed. We have that on the report and everything, but we're letting you know that there may be an assistant with them. And we're also automatically letting them know that our clients will be attending And we're seeking approval for that. So that's automatically going out to both agents or to the seller of the house if it's a for sale by owner. But but the agent still is supposed to let the buyer or I'm sorry, the sellers know that there's a chance there could be an unlicensed person there. And that unlicensed person could be the buyer or an assistant for us. And I think less than less than. I don't know, what do you think, less than 15, 10, 15% of the inspectors have a an unlicensed person there? Probably. Probably around that? Yeah. I'll say it's not, it's definitely not every single one. So oh, it's, no, it's, because so it's a small percentage. We that, only have um, them, you know, really with a couple people, yeah. so. So it's a small percentage of the home inspection will have an unlicensed person with us assisting the licensed person, but. Unless it's a larger house, in which case we automatically send a couple people there anyways, just for ease of Yeah, but they're, the they're two licensed people. Yeah, so well, there would still be li- licensed, licensed people there, definitely. So my question is, how... This, this puts a burden on, on the agents to make oh, sure... Oh, yeah, this makes it very difficult this is the result, the One of the results of the licensing is now agents have to make certain that their sellers know there could be a... Uh, person in there does not have a real estate license. So I'd, I'd suggest that the listing, listing agents, agent. when you make your listing presentation as you part of your paperwork, you have in there that the seller agrees to let people in their house who may not be licensed and who are not agents and who are not agents. Yes. And then just as soon as you get the email from us, forward us a copy of that and all as well. And that's, that's another thing too. So because of this law, you're going to have to read more of the email or at least once you see it and you know what it is, reply back to it. So you're, you're going to have to start paying attention to your email because it's not just us, obviously, that's going to be sending emails, requesting information and requesting signatures. This is going to be from every home inspector that you get. Yeah, because they all have to. They, well, they all have the, to the ones that are up on stuff. They have no email notifications that go out, and they're going. You should use those email notifications as reminders that you need to get 
permission, you need to double check, make sure that it's all good because we don't have that seller's information, so it's not right. up to us. You as an agent will have to make certain the other agent or you yourself get that okay from the seller. I remember we had an agent years ago. She got she was irritated because she got we, reminders. We, well, we, she would get reminders like, oh, "Hey, inspection got scheduled. Hey, the inspection is tomorrow morning." You know, she would get irritated about that, so she wanted us to take get rid of those. We did. We stopped them. And then she forgot. And then, then the very next inspection that she had, she forgot about the inspection because she didn't get the reminders and therefore didn't show up. And then and her so, buy, well, and her buyer wasn't able to make it, so her buyer wanted her there, and she and she forgot. Well, oh, she forgot never complained about, about the reminders ever again. No, she didn't actually, and we set those back up. So, and and you had somebody last week say something they didn't want they didn't want notifications. No, they didn't want it. That they wanted removed, and I'm like, and, and at that this point, is I hadn't like state even law had, now. That, that, I, I hadn't even had this yet. And I sent an email back and I'm like, listen, this is notifying you of the inspection time and the date. I can't, I can't do that and, and, you know, disable this because then you won't be notified of anything. And I'm really glad I didn't because now this is coming through. And, you know, if I had done that, she wouldn't be getting any notice. Well, it's also state uh, uh, licensing standard that we need to let you know we need the, we need permission and you, and it's up to you to get it. Right. So this is your reminder. It's going to be really easy to just forward that email to your seller. Hey, wanted to double check. Can you reply back to me? And life is good. It will be so much easier to do it through email than having to call. Yes. So we're we're, we're trying to make it easier on everybody as much as we can. So. Well, that's why why, uh, our our company, we've done a lot of systems automation to make things run smoothly as possible. And uh, I think that's about it. You got anything else? Nope, just a couple of tweaks, and that's all we needed to finish re- doing everything for compliance for the state law. So yeah, it's, it's well one two days and we got it all done. Yeah, so pretty good. So all right, thank you everybody. Take care. Bye bye. Have a great night. Bye. You've been listening to the Standing Out in Ohio podcast. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify or Google Podcasts to get new, fresh episodes. For more, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or visit the website of the best Ohio home inspection company at homeinspectionsinohio.com or jimtroff.com. That's J-I-M-T-R-O-T-H, and click on podcast. Until next time, learn and go do stuff. Mm-hmm.